I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nyson. This is the recap of Tirreno Adriatico Stage 7. It's been a long couple of weeks, Paranese, straight to the back end of Tirreno Adriatico. This was the individual time trial, the 10 kilometer pancake flat one that Filippo Ganna destroyed the course record for last year in, got to say, better time trialing conditions, about 10.2 kilometers <laughs> long. The GC situation going into the stage was Pogaccia a minute 15 ahead of Waffenart, so he was taking GC unless he crashed or something. Waffenart a minute 15 ahead of Lander, so one and two locked in. Lander 30 ahead of Bernal. Bernal 24 ahead of Fabro in fifth. Wellen sixth on 4.30 and Almeida seventh on 4.42. So Almeida looking at Bernal, Lander, Fabro, Wellens. No, nah, not, not Lander and Bernal, that's too much. But looking at Fabro and Wellens thinking, could I move up on you? Then Barde, Nibali and Yates were too far back in 10th. Big shout out to our show partner, LaCole. You can check them out at www.lecol.cc. Apparently that drops LaCole kit. It's been released in women's only, but due to popular demand, there's a men's version coming very soon of that drops LaCole kit. We've had a fair few people asking about that. But who are the contenders for today's time trial, Benji? Well, um, yesterday we basically said at the end of the podcast, uh, Wout van Aert's never winning this time trial because uh, Filippo Ganna's going to win it. So Ganna was head favorite. Um, yes, Ganna was head favorite. We um, last year said that Wout van Aert was the um, second best time trial in the world. If not, uh, we even doubted if he was close to Ganna knowing all the parkour types altogether. And... Um, we went for Ghana yesterday, and I regret it a bit, but we'll go into that in a second. <laughs> I think that Ghana was all out favorite. The others that could compete with second place in our mind yesterday was Wout van Aert, Pogacar, Stefan Kuhn. Uh, who else could teach you here? I think those are the biggest names. Asgren, perhaps. Almeida. Those are really the names gotcha. I can push forward. Yeah, Pogacar, I said. Uh, Almeida, I, I, I didn't see him winning because I... We know that Almeida has been on a bit of a difference compared to Pogacar in UAE and compared yeah. to Ghana as well. So I was like, oh, he's probably not going to win, perhaps a top five, something like that. But those are really the names that I was looking for for this time trial. And, um, well, a lot happened, didn't it? And um, yeah. the theory that I'll try was to do it chronologically, in the depths Benji. of LRCP about Ineos... Wait, 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 wait. A theory that was brought oh. up in the history books of LRCP, the uh, missing base layer on Ineos right now, it might actually have happened. Let's take a look. <laughs> well, I did steal it out of the uh, RPL Top Discord. Uh, but then, yeah, we, we can, after crediting them here, I will now claim it going forward. 
um, and we mentioned it a few times. First is a meme, but maybe sometimes memes can become true. I'll try to do this chronologically because it was a little bit of an exciting time trial today with some unexpected results. Early time setters were Hepburn with a time of 11 33 52.5Ks an hour average. There was a 25K an hour northerly for the riders who started finishing and then the last rider to go off, obviously, in reverse GC order, well, Pagacha would have a north-northwest uh, wind also at 25Ks an hour. So maybe a slightly less strong headwind for later riders. Rain threatened but never eventuated. A few turns and a couple of chicanes in this course. Let's be honest, most of the riders couldn't give two shits about this TT. It's the last day of the stage race, Nine of Sun Raymond on the weekend for a lot of them. And um, if you can't beat Gana Kung and Wafana, you're not trying to improve on GC, what's the point? So, they, you know, Alaphilippe and MVDP, <laughs> they just cruised around today. Like Kwiatkowski and Alaphilippe wearing watches and stuff, which aren't aero, obviously. But Hepburn, good initial time. Then Betty or Benji, 11.24. He ended up finishing sixth for EF Education Nippo going into the hot seat. Very, very nice time from Betty Ol. Benjamin Tomar, good time. But then it was Stefan Kung. I think he's probably Swiss champ, but he's European champion in an individual time trial from last year. He set a blistering time because Bediol's time was a lot better than anyone else up to that point. He destroyed Hepburn and Ludvigsen's time. Ludvigsen set a good time last year, I think. Kung set a time of 11-12, 54.1 average about 12 seconds, and given this is an 11-minute or so TT, 12 seconds ahead of Bertiol. At that point, Benji, did you think, oh, Ghana's going to have a problem on his hands? Yeah, um, not really. I don't know. I don't know. I thought... Because Ghana's time last year was like 10.50 or something, right? Yeah, true. Um, That's why I don't think it was really an issue for me yet. I think that... I was still straight up on the Ghana hype train and I wasn't leaving that until he was crossing the finish line. So in no way I thought Ghana is going to lose this one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, despite a good time by King, I didn't know anything that time was going to stay up there on the uh, on the ranking. Okay, so the next rider rollout is Ghana. He's had a, maybe an off day yesterday. We saw him dropping off the back, I think, whilst Kung was attacking off the front, stretching the legs. With that cold day before the day MVP one, Ghana starts. He's looking good. He's going quick. Um, I can't say I saw anything different. No aero base layer. Um, by the way, before the stage on Instagram, I let everybody know that I thought I thought the dollar thirty three was a little bit too high for Filippo Ghana who'd won eight TTs in a row or something like that. So I was like, oh, I'll just put a 1,000 on it just and <laughs> put it on my Insta story just because, you know, if he loses, it'll be funny. And no, nah, but, but the thing, I, the reason I did it is because there's nothing that annoys me more than people who just post winning betting slips. That's really irritates me. Um, so. Oh, yeah. So you, so you purposefully try to get one that, could potentially not make it. And no. <laughs> you did that on purpose to show, ah, there's also people that lose bets in this world. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and I'm trying to just be more transparent about, you know, it's, it's one thing posting Miguel Angel Lopez 
that slip after the stage with cold on the lows and everyone's like thanks or the camera one but um yeah i'm trying to be more transparent uh this year about it and that will mean i'll also lose money on certain stages i just want but to Gavin, add yes i just want to add before we go further any pics that he puts on his instagram they're not financial <laughs> financial advice at all mostly to just me. keep that in mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> and tax deduction. So G- Ghana's looking pretty good, looking fine, all fine. Uh, no <laughs> difference in the wind conditions or anything reported. The intermediate time check, he's four seconds behind. And I was like, oh, four seconds? Two seconds I wouldn't be so concerned about. He normally does a big inter- uh, negative split. He Also, they're going into a headwind on the way back. So they'd obviously want to be putting out a lot more watts and negatively splitting more drastically anyway as much as you can trust it we saw on the velon uh watts thing <laughs> don't trust the red zone stuff that's just made up but i think the actual watts it's showing is fairly accurate and it was on the way out he was showing like 460 480 then we're looking at 580 600 on the way back but Four, four and a half seconds, a lot of time to make up on that way back in four or five minutes on someone like Kung. And it came down to the line, Benji, going under the flam rouge. He looked visibly like he was struggling, Ghana, not maybe motoring as much as he normally was. Goes under the flam rouge. He's got a minute and six seconds into a slight headwind to beat Stefan Kung. Touch and go. Needed to go just under 60Ks an hour, and he wasn't able to do it losing the tt by six seconds no sorry five seconds to Stefan kung or losing the tt up to that point kung going into the hot seat and um yeah how shocked were you benji how shook well um yeah i was pretty shook i um <laughs> yeah it was a full claim that Ghana was gonna win today it was a constant in my life it was the one thing that i could go to if i feel sad that is always constant <laughs> in life and Unfortunately, Ghana is not winning time trials anymore. Is he washed or? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. After one nah, time trial. He's the base layer. Apparently, he was wearing a new skin suit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know all that tech layer. stuff. <laughs> Those things we know for sure, like he um, didn't look as good yesterday. And my phone my phone blew up, Benji. So I was like, bittersweet. It was kind of funny that he lost and people got to laugh at me. Uh, by the way. <laughs> You can laugh at me, but you can only you can send me those ha-has a lot, as long as you put your, uh, your betting receipt with your bet for Wout Van Aert or Stefan Kung today. Otherwise, I didn't hear many people backing them for the TT, Benji, when I looked around Twitter yesterday. It looked all like Filippo Ghana, et cetera. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's the way it goes. I'm not too bothered by it. I, I thought it was actually pretty funny, Benji. I was laughing. I was like, Benji's going to troll me pretty hard on the podcast. He's been pretty kind to me. And um, my Miguel Angel Lopez profit just dipped a little <laughs> bit more. But anyway, <laughs> the TT wasn't over. Stefan Kung into the hot seat, super hot time, 11-12. He's got Benjamin Tomar to come, but he just finishes after him, the Group Armour FDJ rider. He came fifth, 10 seconds behind Stefan Kung. And then the main threats were really well fun art. For Stefan Kung and Stefan Kung didn't jinx it. He was sitting in the hot seat. People tried to high five him. He was like, "No, no high fives. This ain't over yet." And Wafanart rolls off. He's looking good. 
He's looking strong. He's in the Chiclamino jersey, skin suit. He's got apparently um, non-sponsor front wheel on, Aerocoach front wheel, different extensions, a Raval rear disc, disc wheel with the Cervelo, all different apparently for Jumbo Visma. And um, when we saw the intermediate sprint split, he was like three to four seconds maybe. No, sorry, 0.21, 0.21 quicker than Kung. We knew it was on and Wow Fun Art was going to try ahead of Milano Sanremo for another stage. Roll it in, Benji. You doubted him, just like I did, saying yesterday was his last chance for a stage if he wanted one more at Torino. How much did he beat Stefan Kung by? He beat Stefan Kung in the end by a very limited amount, being uh, six seconds. And uh, honestly, I think that we just changed our mind because I swear that if we go by the stuff we said at the end of last season, <laughs> this would happen. <laughs> but we changed our mind this week and went to Ghana. <laughs> and that's, uh, it, it's so sad. But we also had Pogacar still on the road. Tade Pogacar, leader of the race. He had uh, a good enough margin to not really care too much about the eventual result as long as it's a decent TT. We know he's a good TT on the flat now. We've seen that UAE. We've seen it at the first half of the Tour de France time trial last year. And, well, he had a decent time. He kept on pedaling pretty pretty decently at the intermediate time check. It was already kind of sure that he wasn't going to win it because Badfanat kept up his tempo and Pogacar, he was on, uh, I think, six seconds or something at the intermediate time check. And that gap kept growing slowly but surely towards the finish line to a good 12 seconds, meaning that he's one second behind Ghana here. So um, I feel like in this entire time trial, the order that the people are in, like Vanat, Kung, Pogacar, those three are in the order that I would expect them to be. I just expected Ghana to be above them. And that's the only real thing that surprises me here. The likes of Betiol getting in the top 10. I get it. He was second here two years ago, had good time trials before, better at shorter ones, prologue time trials, stuff like that. Kasparazgin is better at the longer rolling hills ones, in my opinion, and today is not really that. Almeida, yeah, I I, I don't count Almeida with the top time trialists, and because of that, he's like just under it, which is still amazing for a GC rider, but with the competitor like Pogacar in GC, it's always going to be difficult. Luckily, he doesn't have to compete with him, or does he? Because there's been rumors, Almeida. There's been a rumor in a, an article in Portugal that he's going to be the leader of of the Koenig at the Giro, despite him being on paper the leader for the Vuelta and being set to go to the Vuelta. So right. unless that article is wrong, I do really see him doing the Giro because it really fits him. I don't think that Emko is going to be at the level that he's going yeah. to require to be at the start of the Giro to the GC. It's his first race back after such an injury. I don't believe in it. I do believe that he can go back to the level that he was, but it's going to take time. And I hope that he gets to that as fast as possible for his sake and for the entertainment's sake, because he did make races very fun for me personally. So, um, yeah, Almeida would be nice to see him as leader in the Giro, would fit him more than the Vuelta on paper, to be honest. So that's well, my take on that nice. for the rest. I don't know. I want to talk with you about something. Riders like Hepburn and such, those riders yeah. that have time trials on a relatively irregular basis and get a a late top 10, like an 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th on these time trials. 
And then don't perform on the road aspect. What do you see in that? Is that valuable to you as a team? No, it's not. That alone is not valuable to me. Um, he's won a stage at the Tour of Qatar Hepburn back in 2014. That was his last non-like Conti championships or national championships related victory. Maybe that's not why he's in the team, I guess. But yeah, that was when he was 22, 23, and he's basically gone winless throughout his prime. Now, I know he does different things for the team. He came, I don't know, Benji. He's he's a decent helper, I guess. It's tough because you don't focus on it during the stage. You don't see, you know, you'd have to ask the riders yeah, how good is exactly. he at taking, taking, you know, bringing up bottles. Yep. Maybe he's like, able to ride in such a way that he really helps Yates and calms him and gets him in good positions. Like we know Roe does that, but Hepburn, those sort of riders, I mean, my inclination to you is to say, no, it's not worth it. But yeah, what's your view on it? Yeah, I've got a similar opinion. It's difficult to know for these riders what they offer for the team next to these uh, average time trial results. I often wonder it because there's quite a bunch of riders like that in in the peloton that focus mainly on the time trial aspect and then don't offer too much to the team next to that. I think uh, it's hard. It's hard to say who are the ones that do help the team next to that and who are the ones that don't. And yeah, I think that they're probably having a reason to be on the team, but I just want to know why. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, with the TT ability, you're probably thinking, well, I really should see him more on the front in dragging back brakes and things like that um, because he should have that engine. Maybe he's just got a really good position and his watts are okay. And, well, Fanart got that new position. Wow. He's never done this length of a time trial since he joined Jumbo Visma. This is the shortest one he's done. Obviously, not as good as Ghana's time last year. I do think Wal Fanart is really good at this sort of TT, obviously beating a, a good time from Kung in more difficult conditions. But Ghana Benji, a second ahead of Pagacha, it had to have been an off day for him. Like, what do you think happened? I don't know. I think that perhaps the uh, the race of of Sunday had a bit of an influence on the next couple of days because, uh, like you said, he didn't look all out amazing. You said it yesterday, I think, on the podcast, or you said it on, on Discord to me after the race, but... He didn't look too amazing. I think there was a, a view where we saw him at the back of the peloton, kind of meh, just yo-yoing off the back a bit. And yeah, that was a bit weird. I didn't see too much in it. I was like, he's probably saving himself for today, but that was probably the case, but also probably not really the only thing that was happening there. So I wouldn't look too much into it regarding future TTs. He is probably still one of the better time trialists. Well, obviously, he's still on paper the best time trialist that we currently have. I'd expect. Um, I think that you put Vanard very close to that. I would agree. But it's difficult because it's been a while since we've seen Vanard do a long time trial, right? It's like middle of last season. So I hope that we can see that pretty soon again. I don't know what the next races are we want. Yeah, Yeah. true. Yeah, well, championships. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Pretty important one. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, second, just behind Gana there. I wouldn't look too much into today for Ghana, to be honest. An off day is possible. It looks like he had it today. Yeah. 
uh, it'd be interesting, interesting to see. I mean, he said, I think, in an interview when Wafanak was still on the course, Ganner said, listen, I'm not a machine despite appearances in the last eight TTs. I'm, um, I can have off days too or something like to that effect. So I think maybe it was that uh, because if he was closer to his performance last year, he probably would have won. Obviously, pretty disgraceful stuff. Another Yumbo Visma rider chasing a young Swiss pro, trying to knock them off the top step, putting them back into second um, after they'd already won a stage in this stage race is one win not enough. Well, I found out. But, yeah, let's talk about GC, Benji. <laughs> Mikel Landers holds yes. on to third. Wild Fun Art stays second, Pogaccia first, a minute three out of Pogaccia. You know what's funny, Benji? I've seen some things talking about after Prati de Tivo, people being like, you see, Wild Fun Art can't compete mm-hmm. for GC. He got dropped. It's like, yeah, he got dropped by Pogaccia, who set a record time by two minutes and had to chase the entire client, or for eight Ks on his own because Jumbo Visma didn't send a team. And he, when he was setting pace, he dropped Egan Bernal. He won the TT and a sprint stage and couldn't be bothered for the stage yesterday. And he still came second on GC ahead of Lander Bernal Almeida and Simon Yates. So tell me how that isn't overwhelmingly positive <laughs> for Wout Van Aert's GC. Yep, I agree. And the thing is, he's he looks to be in cobble weight as well. I think he's 78-ish kilos right now is what I latest heard. And that is on paper spectacular how he stayed with... The, the climbers he was with and dropped the climbers he was with in that mountain stage. Absolutely spectacular. And if you've got the parkour that the Tour de France has, which in the first two weeks has, I think, one dangerous stage, that's the Mont Ventoux one. And there's a descent afterwards, so he can save some time off the time he could lose on that Mont Ventoux in that descent. And that's the only really difficult stage in the first 14 days, with 17 and 18 being Luzardiden and Col du Port or Portel or... Laporte, whatever. <laughs> and there's like plenty of port climbs, so it's one of them. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, no. <laughs> so um, I think that it's definitely, definitely possible that we see, like we mentioned, Wout van Aert getting close to the yellow jersey in the first two stages. And then in the first time trial, take it. And then it's going to be a matter of seeing how Yumbo uses Wout van Aert in yellow or tries to keep Wout van Aert in yellow or what they're going to do with that throughout the next couple of days because he is rumored to be going mainly for green. So he's going to be having a bit of a free roll there, which is good. A lot of Belgians are going to be happy about that. A lot of Wout van Aert fans internationally as well. And I think that if he's in yellow after that time trial, then yeah. I don't know what he can achieve, and if you think, I'm very curious to find out because I, I definitely think that it could be a lot. If you think that he can't be competitive on GC and be a legitimate threat, I'm not saying win, but if you think he can't be a legitimate threat after altitude camp, lose another one, losing a bit more weight with the, what, 55Ks of flattish time trialing they have, then you're not watching closely enough, and I think Yumbo Visma should with the absence of Tom Dumoulin, who was supposed to be that TT beast engine climber second threat, we think, I mean, I'd love for Tom Dumoulin to come back, but he's probably not going to be for the tour, let's be honest. 
I think they need to really have Wapman up filling that role, adding the bonus seconds from intermediate sprints and finishes. There's your one-two punch for Jumbo Visma and be careful putting all your eggs in one basket as we saw in Paris-Nice. Ineos Benji, Bernal, 53rd, 55 seconds back. Geraint Thomas, just okay, 11th behind Hepburn and Asker and, and Bediol and the uh, Thomas the French, what, 28 seconds back. Do you think there's <laughs> something... The French. Yeah, Thomas the French. Do you think, you've mentioned this, I think, before, generally the Ineos TTs have taken a step back this year. Yes, um, I feel like we've noticed that also with Rohan Dennis in Paris-Nice. I personally yeah. always believe that Rohan Dennis's time trials throughout the year weren't very consistent. I think in the last year that he was world champion, it was the main race where he was good at, and all the rest was kind of inconsistent throughout that year. So I think that we can't really look at him too much for this, but we've noticed it with Ghana that he didn't have the gap that we expected him to have on Bissiger in that UAE time trial. Then again, Bissiger has stepped up, so we don't know if that's going for Ghana or against Ghana there, really. So that's a difficult one to judge, but I'd, I'd have expected yeah, the gap to be slightly bigger, and I would have expected him to win today. Uh, yeah. Thomas, uh, Grain Thomas as well today. Not the best time trial. We've seen him do better for sure. He's always had a decent time trial on very short ones as well. Yeah. I recall him being a pretty good prologue specialist yeah. in his early days yeah. with his British national shirt when he did lead outs for Cavendish those days. So on paper, this should fit him. And being uh, 11th on 28 seconds, same time as Ludwigsen. Ludwigsen's not a bad time trial for sure, but I expect more from Grain Thomas here. So, yeah, Ineos, this, it's not looking too bright when it comes to Grand Tours in general, I think. I think the only rider that I have complete trust in in the team is the one that we haven't seen race all season, and that's Richard Carapaz. Where the hell is he? He's going to Catalonia, mate, which I got the highlight rights for, and I can't wait to do the preview video for Hugh Carthy. He's the real British GC threat for the Tour de France, I'm telling you. Good TT, good climate. Anyway, I'll keep that those thoughts for the Catalonia <laughs> preview video that I'll probably do. Uh, but that's Sereno Adriatico. Everyone should be very, very scared of Tadej Pogacar. He's rightfully the Tour de France favourite as we speak in the middle of March um, because if you can come one second behind Filippo Ganna and fourth in the uh, San Benedetto del Tronto 10K TT at the end of Tirreno after setting a climbing record on Prati di Tivo and dropping Wild Fanart and nearly beating MVDP in the brutal Castellalto, Castelfidardo circuit stage, then you're probably the most complete general classification rider in the world. Only question marks still is teammates. We'll see whether Micah and co can improve later in the season. What do we got coming up at the end of this week, Benji? We've got no racing tomorrow unless Cavendish wins. Milano San Remo preview is that Thursday? Um, is that Thursday? Uh, you, you, you can answer that. Could be for me, yes. but it's fine. I can do it I Thursday. Just, I just decided, I just decided okay. then it's, it's Thursday. Thursday, people. <laughs> but uh, Apparently, let's remind yeah, everybody on. that we're going to have a bit of a watch on. We're going to have a bit of a watch on Mark Cavendish this season because we've yeah. decided <laughs> that if he wins a race, we're going to do an emergency podcast on it. <laughs> yeah. There's too much demand for it. There was more when he joined Quickstep. 
we got more views on that than here she news. What's going on? Anyway, people living in the past, but maybe there's some nostalgia there. Um, Lionel Sanremo, we'll cover it more in the preview, but news came out that they're covering the whole race um, broadcast-wise. Literally, no one asked for that. Things no one asked for. Milano's then ready to be covered live. Like, I've no interest in watching until the Chipressa. I've got a fun anecdote. Point. I've got a I've got a fun anecdote. Um, today, I was watching uh, Dutch and Belgian Eurosport version, and the commentators were speaking about Milan San Remo. They just got an email, like live when they were commentating, and the one dude said to the other, uh, "Have you seen the email?" <laughs> and he started laughing, <laughs> and he said to the guy. We're commentating for seven hours on Milano Sanremo. And he was sarcastically talking about it the entire half an hour. Uh, what should we talk about in the morning? Oh, oh it's going to be so fun. I hope it rains Honestly, that we can talk about something. I would do a tour preview show. If it was me and you, we would just literally start arguing about Yumbo Visma's strategy against Pogaccia in the tour. And we just do that for an hour and a half. And probably people would appreciate it more. That's what I would do if I was them. <laughs> Other news, I'm just doing a news wrap-up yeah. at this point. Other news is the uh, Richard Freeman Medical Tribunal finally concluded with the result that I think I said in a video last year when the tribunal was convened, the inevitable result that he knowingly, I'm not reading, I'm not reading the exact thing, which is always dangerous, knowingly or believing to that the tested osterone that was ordered to British cycling headquarters was going to be administered to an athlete, unnamed athlete. Um, people have asked us to comment on it. We've got nothing to say. Like, I already said my piece on this. Like, Freeman was done last year. If you actually read into it, like, it was clear. There's some pretty shady shit going on. You know, about the broken laptops, etc. cetera. Um, I think it all stinks to high heaven. Don't think it's isolated to just him. And, um, yeah, I said it sarcastically in the Sun Yang doping tribunal video that don't be naive to think that doping is just confined to Eastern Bloc country athletes or Chinese athletes, British or English speaking rather, not just British athletes, but many English speaking athletes that you think are nice are fallible too. It's honestly quite simple. Um, I don't think I've got too much to add. Freeman's guilty on, on that. We have no names. We'd all like to know the names. Unfortunately, the rest is kind of speculation. And I think that it's it's annoying for me to speculate about this because I don't really want to be the guy that accuses somebody and then has to come back on it because that person actually is innocent and I would feel bad. I don't know. What? Well, like, I know this is like <laughs> a it's a casual informal podcast and people maybe think, oh, why don't you, who is the unnamed writer? Like guys and girls. I, I get sued. I can't just name somebody. I can't just be like, I think it was that rider, actually. I think it's likely they ordered the testosterone for that rider and, and for his or her races. Uh, you get sued. Um, and you could be wrong. Likely would be wrong. Like, what I you think it's for really the secret pro. Yeah, for the secret pro, if he, if he or she exists <laughs> in reality. Anyway, <laughs> that's our view on it. We'll see you with the Milano and Remo preview on Thursday. Thanks for listening as always. Thanks for looking for supporting the podcast. We'll see you later. Ciao. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.